All right, Mickey here with an advert for BetterHelp Therapy Online. You all right? Such a small question and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression and while over time and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much. That does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal, and sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, innit? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with, and although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. And as quick a fix as it seems to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, and push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution in that if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit, but BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom. Which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's betterhelp.com slash standard. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Standard Issue for all women. Oh, hey there. Mickey here. Well, these strange and unsettling times are continuing, so I very much hope that you and yours are safe and well. And if you're one of the Stone Cold legends on the front line, be that in the NHS, Aldi, the Postal Service, wherever, I tip my hat to you. Hat? Who am I kidding? You're lucky I'm wearing pants to record this. Righto, so what we have here is a gig cast. Remember those? A recording of the last live show we did back in February, on Valentine's Day no less, when Hannah and I were joined by actor and one-woman herd of cats, Paulie McClynn, and journalist, political commentator and comedian Aisha Hazarika. We recorded this in front of a live audience at King's Place in London. So thanks to them, thanks to Emma Caution for all things tech, and thanks to our lovely audience. They had a great time. And when we can host live gigs again, sometime in an undetermined future, we reckon you should come along and have a great time too. Now then, there's some stuff in here that is clearly just jokes and lols, and it's very much worth remembering that this was recorded back in February, before we were officially in a global pandemic. So please don't get your knickers in a twist. We absolutely do not endorse alcoholism or stalking, but hopefully you already knew that. And so, please get ready for topics including the turn of a man's ankle, river dance, some genuinely excellent advice, and Hannah's shit, mud-covered, fully nude birthday. Among so many other marvellous tangents that I'm just going to stop talking and let you get on with the joy of listening. Oh wait, just one more thing. Is Pauline the Nigel Farage of this panel? Tweet us at Standard Issue UK. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining us. Hannah, do you want to kick off the intros? Hannah Dunleafy. Yes. Dunleafy, I think you'll find. <laughs> I'm Hannah Dunleafy and um, I am one quarter of the Standard Issue 
podcast and I haven't really thought of a fact, so I might have to go to my panic fact about myself, which is that my brother and I went on holiday once and when we got there, the entire town was in fancy dress. <laughs> Just, oh. Nobody ever believes me, but it's actually true. Bill Bow, 2003, the entire town <laughs> was in fancy dress, including a huge group of men who were all dressed as Diego Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> really really weird we got very drunk and when I woke up in the morning uh, the whole of the town had got up and was carrying statues of Jesus through the town I was like what is this fucking place what is happening here I thought your go-to fact was that you'd seen both of your parents on fire. Yeah, that is another <laughs> fun fact about beautiful me. Beautiful story, beautiful story. I was bracing myself for that one. Yeah. It's been a while. Save that for next time. Right. I, I so want to go to Bilbao. No, <laughs> yeah. Is that wrong? Yeah, I mean, but, but if you want to go, like, just maybe have an emergency. You know, like when Baldrick uh, packs that bag for Blackadder uh, yeah. and there's an emergency fancy dress costume in yeah. there, just in case. I, uh, Pack that. Top tip. And you will get it nowhere else. I, I think that's true to say. Oh my god! Oh, you're next. Well, actually, I, I on the um, fancy dress thing. I remember, God, this is like when I first moved to London, and there was this legendary like Halloween night out that me and my friends were like desperate to go to. And it was really hard to get tickets, and then one year we got tickets, and we went all out with our outfits, like all out, like hired stuff. Um, one of my friends, this guy who's really quite shy, like came out of the bathroom like dressed as a devil his entire face painted red red hosiery like he went the full thing we got there we we're so proud of ourselves and nobody was dressed up in it's just like us looking like a bunch of twats and um it was so 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 awkward so i'm quite phobic of like fancy dress now when i lived in in sydney in australia we got invited to a party that was on the set on the roof of a block of flats we were like in our early 20s and you could see the fireworks from there. And we were like, it was like someone at work had invited one of my friends. So I said, oh, bring all your friends. And we were like, oh, yeah, that sounds brilliant. So we took a load of drugs and we went. And when we got there, everybody there was 60 above from us. Like, seriously, everyone was like over 60. And then there was just us completely off our faces going, oh, party, where is it? To be honest, I feel like that when I go to the House of Lords. I mean, that sounds like quite an analogous story. Do you take a shitload of drugs before going to the House of Lords? No, they're taking a shitload of drugs. Actually, when you go to the House of Lords, it's like going to Lourdes. Like, there is just like... Uh, there's this one bit where there's like coats, you know, and there's loads of just wheelchairs and kind of you're like... And there's a doctor on hand and, you know, my, people might not yeah. make it. You know, it's just... My father's, my late father's... I, I, look, if you told me he was dead five years, I'd say, yeah, it's five years, it's 15, 14 years. He said, no, but his favourite joke, and I don't remember jokes, but, you know, this made him laugh like a drain, was, you know, that um, two Irish people go to Lourdes. You know, that's not unusual. That's an actual... Um, it's a fact, so we're uh-huh. talking it's a documentary so far but uh, one of them's in a wheelchair and they go into the the you know the waters at Lourdes and they come out the other side and he's cured there's new wheels on his wheelchair <laughs> I know I, do you see it's a classic I, I I swear he had just a very simple, stupid sense of humour. <laughs> and I love it. And I, I love that too. Yeah. Are we talking one of the crazy facts about your life? Is that what you kicked that off with? I'm so old now that that happened like 10 minutes ago. And that's, <laughs> that's like last century as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Um, quirky, can, you, can you say quirky. who you are and what you oh, do? God, oh, oh, that too. Oh, Aisha did, didn't you either. See? You see, oh, that's Aisha. <laughs> I make no apologies. <laughs> that's up to her. Um, I'm Pauline MacLean. Um I am Irish, but I come in peace. And, um, and I am a European, so envy me. <laughs> Certainly hate me if you will, but you know, propose to you. I can take it, and I can get you the passport. So, um, I suppose unusual fact about me, or something we were talking earlier, and Mickey said, "Well, we'll kick off with quirky stuff." And I, there's nothing quirky about me, aside from the fact that I'm still alive on (laughs) on a wet Friday in London. But um, I was delivered through a high forceps snatch 
I know I'm still screaming um, at it, but basically, I was allowed to be too big for my tiny little mammy back in 1962. Don't do the mathematics. I will not thank you for it. Um, But um, when she was trying to push me out, it wasn't possible, basically. But she was very lucky that there was a rather brilliant um, doctory type in Sligo. Sligo General, as it's now known, which sounds like a fabulous um, soap. But it was was Sligo County Hospital when I was born there. Which, born there, which sounds more like an asylum. But um, anyway, he realised that the baby who had engaged, it must have been me, like my head was trying to get down and out in 1962. And he just went, oh no, there's no even pushing that one back in, that lump. So we'll pull her out. So he put in the high forceps and it's literally, uh, they put two bits of metal on each side and pulled me out. Yeah. So if nobody likes me or thinks that I'm a mentalist or anything, it's to do with my birth <laughs> in Sligo. No. Yeah. No, I, no, you're sorry same. you asked no, that. No, no. I, I was forceps birth as well. No. I've got a scar here. Oh, oh she's the got one. the scar. Do you see the way <laughs> the women fight? Uh, Just, you know, all the so time. Much and, and then people say, women, why can't you sort yourselves out? Uh, and I'd say, well, look, there's me and Mickey Noonan and I love her, but she will always bring up that she has a scar from the high forceps snatch and I don't. Uh, do you know, no you visible scar? scar. Not, nothing visible. Nothing yeah. visible. Just you know? inside internal yeah. scar. Love it. You're being scar shamed here. Like yeah. a competitive forceps story. It's a new I mean, one, is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I like it. I, like I was it. kind of just joining in, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was born with my mouth open, rather unsurprisingly, and had to go and have my stomach pumped. For the first time, obviously. That was the first time I had my stomach pumped. I wasn't breathing because I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. Oh, you had to go the one more. You had to go the one more. And they rushed me away. And they came back and they went... Mrs. Noonan, my mum, uh, your baby's alive. And she went, oh, I just thought it would be. What is it? And they went, oh, we don't know. We're going to go and check. <laughs> so it was a mystery wrapped in an, an umbilical cord. And, and an umbilical cord. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> so I am Mickey Noonan. I made it. I am a core of the Standard Issue podcast team. And last Valentine's Day, I was in Australia and I got engaged and I saw a fuckload of tiny penguins and discovered that the collective noun for penguins is fuckload. Uh, so you've got quite a lot to live up to, to be honest. But I'm going to start with a question and I am going to ask Aisha what ha- it's been, I mean, the world seems to be a continuing bin fire. So I would like to know what has been making you laugh this week. Oh, that is a very good... I have to say, not a huge amount. The only thing that has... Nothing makes me laugh right now because everything is horrendous. But there was something on Twitter which was just like kind of comedy at its absolute, like, basic, which was just a man falling around in mud. (laughs) And it was just the funniest thing ever because he was, like, there with his mate and he was just covered in mud sliding around. And you know sometimes when you fall, like, this has happened to me in the ice where you sort of fall and it's normally in front of people. You fall... And you're lying there and it's really humiliating. Then you get up with some dignity and then you try and set up and then you fall again. And there was a lot of that and him just slithering around in the mud. And I thought, this is just this is just a metaphor for British politics yeah. right now. Um, this is no better kind of metaphor. So that's what just made me laugh. This was week. he celebrating Brexit? It sounds like a classic celebration. Um, it's a bit like that poor man oh, that Colin. tweeted Colin, oh, Colin at the airport going, no, this no is no not what I voted <laughs> for. It's like, oh, what was did he, you think you were voting for? The There's fucking uh-huh. queues in immigration in Amsterdam. This is not the Brexit I voted for. <laughs> it is, mate. Welcome, welcome, yeah. Colin. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at this week only, well, it was Sunday night, the 21st, uh, oh, 25th anniversary 
River Dance Celebration. Now, I know. <laughs> now I'd like to think that those oohs were in awe and not ooh. You know, but I do remember. Like, I'm not an ambitious woman, but um, I will tell you that the only thing I've ever lived and dreamed of doing is to present Eurovision. And back in the day when I was growing up in Ireland, it was a possibility <laughs> because we used to win it every year. <laughs> For come on, I had my whole life ahead of me and now we're shite at it. So this is really bad. But um, 25 years ago, on Sunday night last, and for those who are listening to the podcast many years in the future, this is St. Valentine's Day 2020 in London. Anyway, so last Sunday in 2020, uh, <laughs> of February in London, I, I went to it, and um, it's it's the dance version of of the thing, and it's, it's the dance version me. of river dance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh! I suppose I should I should expand on that, which is this: they did do the interval act that we all then went. What just happened there? Like I had, I grew up in Ireland, although I've lived away from there for so many decades and, and years and decades and moments and everything. And um, But um, I was, look, I'm, all right, let's, I got to say it, I'm a gay man trapped in a woman's body. I love Eurovision. I always have. And I'm Irish as well, so there's no hope for me, you know. But anyway, I was watching that particular Eurovision and the dancing happened. And it was so different from the Irish dancing that I'd been dragged up through in the whole lot. It was the most amazing thing. And, and now, you know, 25 and for 25 years on the road, they have been doing a river dance show. So it's amazing to see it. But uh, the reason I mention it is what you said, Aisha, about, you know, things that make you laugh. A lot of things that make me laugh are people falling over. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of things that make me laugh even harder are people doing the same thing at the same time <laughs> for a long time. River dance, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. And now it's really impressive as well, I won't lie to you, but like 25 people dancing the same steps and moving around. I could not stop <laughs> laughing. My chuckle muscle was fabulous. And even though I've spent like 25 years upon Apologising for river dance and a few other Irish things that have taken over the world. Don't um, worry, I think we've just beat you on that. Don't do worry. Do. Like UK's like hold our, like oh, you know, hold our beer. You know, but yeah, I I laughed like it was a comedy, um, <laughs> but I loved it as well. Is so this why when we were in the green room having our photo taken, you only wanted it taken from the waist down. <laughs> You know, that's all that we Irish do. We move from the waist down. <laughs> and upstairs, we're just smiling and looking like we're calm. That's Irish dancing. That's Irish dancing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Swans. We're good. swans. I, I really doing? like it that Pauline decided to put a, a marker in this, that it was 2020, as if, you know, there's going to be a future. <laughs> <laughs> People listening in the future that may or may not occur. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, that, that's... I feel optimistic now. I do, good. Because I'll tell you what, tell you what I feel about 2020, is that suddenly we're in science fiction time. I mean, I know that people have been saying that for years about, oh, Back to the Future was set in blah, whatever. But when you see 2020 written down, you just think, now we're in science fiction, surely. And if I hear another hindsight, or even if I make one myself, another hindsight, is that 2020 vision? Um, <laughs> shoot me, because, um, but it's the year of it, so let's get used to it. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to die from coronavirus anyway, so it's all just like, drink as much as you want, shag who you want, do whatever the hell you want, because it's yeah. game over soon, basically. I Feel free think... to start right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I honestly think that that's not the worst health um, the, the, the health advice that you've ever gotten. I'll tell you why. Um, uh, like I'm a I doctor, should, actually. I should... And just of say, law, but like, you know, it's fine. But I just think that if if you have... And I honestly think this is, and this is really bad advice for any alcoholics who've given it up in, in this audience tonight, but I am just saying to you, if we're all going to die of coronavirus... You might um, do the 
disinfecting of yourself from the inside out. Uh, but just go back to it now. Go back to it for a while. You can give it up again. You know you're strong enough. You know you're strong enough. Just saying. I completely agree. In fact, we're doing it yeah. now. We're already starting to self-medicate. I'm doing it as a Muslim just to assimilate with all of you guys. This is the pressure you put me under, all right? You yeah. bunch of Islamophobes. But don't worry, the, the greatest cut in the halal way, yeah. it's all fine. Yeah. It's rosy, it's pink, it's not proper yeah. alcohol, it's all fine. And it's a health issue. Can we just say that? Just drink up. It's a health issue. <laughs> What wise words. <laughs> Dunleavy, what's been making you laugh this week? Um, well, uh, talking of Twitter, I did see a man being interviewed on the news and then a carrier bag just hitting him in the face <laughs> while he was being interviewed, which was brilliant. Um, but uh, we went to see Upstart Crow on Monday. Oh, it was amazing. Um, uh, the stage play, and it was really, really funny. Gemma Whelan was amazing in it. Gemma Whelan was cracking. And Helen Monks. Yeah. Both brilliant. And the men were good too. Yeah. <laughs> There's women in it? Yeah. As well as David Mitchell? Yeah. Rush. Yeah, if you look really closely on the poster at the small writing, <laughs> she gets a mention. <laughs> uh, I have worked with David Mitchell a few times and he is, may I say, a thoroughly fine, not only a man, but a human being. So, and thoroughly fine. He's yeah, lovely. He's, he's great. He did our International Men's Day show and I nearly made him have a nervous breakdown by asking him what he liked best about himself. Mm. And he was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's... No, nothing. No, nothing not is it. the answer to that. Yeah, could not yeah, yeah. No, I think He's we, a very we, humble man. There was a sort of... Um, there was a sort of comics um, party that I was in, invited to and he was standing there with his, with his other half, Victoria Corrin, and loads of people were trying to get him to sort of go to the pub afterwards. And he was so sweet, he sort of went to Victoria. Um, can, can we go to the pub? And she went... No, and he was like, fine, I'll just go and get your coat. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, you, this, is, this is the ideal man. He's funny and he's very nice. What a sweetheart. So I'm going to go to Twitter for what's been making me laugh this week as well. Uh, it's also been making me cry a lot, Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Um, but uh, the wonderful Lucy Nickel had posted something that said, does anyone have a song that they serenade their cat with? Um, it's a big question. It's a big Big hot potato. And uh, I don't really sing to Clarky Cat. I just sing his name over and over again. But when I had my all-black cat, Mark, I used to sing to her. And I used to sing Tiny Panther to the tune of Tina Turner's Aww. Private Dancer. T- private Dancer. And occasionally Elton John's Tiny Dancer. <laughs> Tiny Dancer. Yeah. Oh. I'm your private panther. Oh. A panther for cuddles. <laughs> I stroke her and pick up her pool. <laughs> We used to have a cat called Rosie that we obviously sang a whole lot of Rosie. Yeah. So, was obviously. she quite a big cat? No, she was tiny. Oh. Do you know, I once had um, an, an ex-boyfriend and his um, brother was is from Glasgow, really big white ginger guy with like a big ginger beard, a this, lot of freckles. This is the person now, not the cat. No, this, this is, this is a human being. This is a human being. And do you know what his job? He was a singer. And do you know what his prize thing was? He was um, the West of Scotland's premium Tina Turner impersonator. <laughs> I mean, how you weird is that? He had great pins, though, cracking legs. <laughs> it was just so random west of Scotland that he is this Tina Turner impersonator. I will say one thing that makes me crazy mad about men. It doesn't matter what, how you drag them up or whatever, but the turn on their ankle in a high heel, oh, yes. you never match it as I a know. woman. Never. And it's it's really crazy making. Yeah. It's, it's I've never unfair. seen a bad ankle on a man. No, not a, a no, no sign of a cankle. No, no cankle. No. no cankle. Why rage do they, they do look great in high heels? Yeah, rage know. making. I'm sorry. I, I mean, and I'm a pretty phlegmatic kind of... <laughs> phlegmatic, do you love that? Um, <laughs> I don't even know what it means. It <laughs> I'm pretty phlegmatic <laughs> about stuff, but that makes yeah. me raged. Yeah. You know, I can I can simmer up a fury about that one, yeah, because they never look bad. No, I mean, that is the patriarchy age. in action. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even any of these guys in the front, even yeah. you, I mean, literally, like, yeah. would look, oh, look at you yeah. flaunting your shapely you ankles. Anything else, you can be oh. in a sackcloth anything ever. But if you look at the little turn on the ankle, yeah. they've got it. Yeah. You've got lovely ankles. I did, at the moment, uh, you know, I'm clinging on to 
to what little I have left after the menopause. You know me on the menopause now, Mickey. I <laughs> talked to right Mickey before it. about this. <laughs> I have little left after it. I have the underwear bra, which is why I won't burn it for feminism <laughs> or any other reason. The underwear bra, a smile, and a little turn of the ankle. That's all I've got left. Everything else has been wrecked by the menopause. I had little enough hair before it. I've less now. Uh, d- d- gravity. Oh, gravity is nobody's friend. Nobody's friend. Every little bit of me that was sticking out is robbed by gravity. Just me jowls robbed down towards the grave by gravity. And that's why I will wear the underwired bra. I'll frickin' oh, I'll defy, I'll defy gravity with the boobs. I will. Um, and that's the only way to do it was, is with engineering. So I'm sorry. I may have to take a little lie down now after that. Yeah. Well, we have a friend who told us that her little girl said to her once, Mummy, why are your boobies so... And she said she was really braced for whatever word it was going to be. And she went, long. Je reste ma case. There's the jokey card of like the woman at the bus stop, the old lady, and someone goes, show us your tits, and she just pulls her like skirt <laughs> off like, slightly. <laughs> or I do have to say this, and I, I love it. Um, apparently, according to Sharon Osbourne, um, I, I obviously read this in the Daily Mail or something, you know, but um, she said that Ozzy said to her if she had one more facelift, she'd have a beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> good work, though. Good work, my friends. And good Jane work. Fonda. I mean, amazing work. <gasps> I, uh, I yeah. mean, yeah. I have a tiny little pension that I was made to take out by a lovely man with a terrible stammer. Um, <laughs> was it Ed Balls? <laughs> Do you know what? It's an Irish man who, many years ago, because, of course, England's and Great Britain, Super Britain, has been very has been very good to me and welcomed me in, oh, like the cuckoo in the nest. But anyway, that's the Irish. We just arrive in and go, how are you? Well, we're here now, what will we do? And, um, you know, we don't need wars, we just move in. In my family, it's you move know, in, have 14 babies. That was what my nan did. Arrived here yeah. and just and reproduced. Then have them all. Yeah. But this um, lovely accountant um, with the terrible stammer. He had definitely worked for the revenue in Ireland. And I know this because a few times as a self-employed person, I was ringing for the certificate, you know, the Schedule D thing that lets you not be taxed at source. Those days are gone. Those decades are gone. That century is gone. In fact, (laughs) it's turning into a bigger story than I wanted for you. But there you go. But anyway, you'd ring um, in the olden days before I had this... Um, lovely accountant with the stammer. I do remember ringing um, the, the revenue people and, and they put somebody on with such a bad stammer and I do know that he had worked for them that you couldn't even, you know when you don't know what the end of the sentence is so you can't help and, and, and that's the point, you're ringing the revenue and they know the answer but you don't, so then you have to go in you know, and talk to them. Anyway, this accountant made me take out um, when he went private, but still had a very bad stammer. Um, <laughs> he made me take out a, a tiny pension on myself when I was 30 years old, um, which people now think is quite old. And I think I was a child. Uh, I got married when I was 35, child bride. Um, <laughs> I'd never do it again. I'd never do that again, nor would I advise anyone else to do it. But anyway, we'll talk about that maybe in a while. But anyway, he made Maybe take it out and because it's been a direct debit out of what we loosely call my bank account for the last few years. I'm 58 now. Um, but I did say to him the day that I took it out, I said, well, can I have this when I'm 45? Because I'm 30 now. That's such a 45 is a long way off. And he said, no, 60 is the years, or the, the earliest that you can get it. So I'm only two, you know, um, years away from it. But what I've decided is now, I don't think this was an answer to anything and nobody asked I can't it, why else. <laughs> but I, I just want this to be happy news for everyone. <laughs> um, and what I've decided is I've discovered that I can get a lump sum and then, you know, threepence halfpenny till it runs out, which will be when I'm 
67, I think, or something like that. But I'm taking the lump sum and I'm going to do a little bit of maintenance. And you're here. And, and uh, oh, is this on radio, this podcast, or will it be also, can they see us? No, well, they, they, see us. they can see us. All right. Well, <laughs> I tell, I'll describe it then for the people who are only listening. Two stitches on the back of each ear. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. And look, already don't I look better? Yes, the audience says. And then a little bit of a squeeze around because I've got the Deirdre Barlow neck at the moment. So anyway, now I don't know where that came from, but I hope it was to do with that you asked me, what's the dignity in growing older or something? And that's what it is. You can buy it, is what I'm saying. Oh God, that had nothing to do with anything. That's Jane Fonda. It was Jane Fonda. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it was Jane. She's Fonda. had some great work. Done. <laughs> That's it. That's Surgeon it. I, I have a question. Oh, uh, really? Yes. Well, I mean, why would you ask the second question 35 minutes later? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, sorry. I think we can all agree that this is the best Valentine's Day we've ever spent. So I would like to know what the worst Valentine's Day you ever spent was. I'm going to start with Aisha. Okay, so I used to have a lot of Valentines where I like, you know, when you're at school and I went to this girl's school, which was like quite kind of competitive and snooty. And I was like never getting any Valentines ever. Like not even my parents would send me a Valentine, like social security or social services. But like then once I did get a Valentine, I was so, so, so excited. And it was like um, it was a it was a tape back in the day and it was Mariah Carey vision of love and I was like so excited until I find out who it was from who was like literally the worst man on the planet and it was like all my hopes of getting a valentine's were absolutely dashed by the fact it was this really really awful guy you married him didn't you <laughs> <laughs> he turned me down he turned me down no, so that so I've just no, I'm not very I'm not very into valentine's was no, it was it neither. marriage was it Farage? With Farage. I was going to ask. I was just saying, like beforehand, we um, we were talking about like whether to go, what kind of wine to get. And I don't know if it was, but every time I've done a debate with Nigel Farage, particularly around the EU referendum, that very very toxic run up to the EU, I did a lot of debates with them. And, and these were during the day, and everybody else, you know, in the green room, and they'd be like, "Do you want a drink?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, tea or coffee." He'd be like, "A red wine." They'd be like, "A bottle of red wine." <laughs> and he would go into it, and he would have this like sort of black kind of thing sort of round his his mouth. And I think he just won the <laughs> Brexit by being fucking hammered. So, <laughs> I'm just really worried that I am the Nigel Farage of this panel now, because um, someone has to be. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, oh, I, I am worried now. I'll tell you why. Earlier before we came in, I said, well, look, at, I'd love a glass of red wine, but I won't have it because um, I do get the red wine stain and uh, sometimes the Salvador Dali stain, you know, if you drink it too quickly. So you get a little moustache up there and all that. But I did read a great thing once, and I know it's not true, but I really want to believe it, which is this. They were saying it doesn't matter what quality of red wine uh, you drink. <laughs> it's all to do with if you have an iron deficiency, you will get the red wine stain. I so want to believe that. <laughs> it's not true. I, I think Nigel think. had a big iron deficiency. Uh, really yeah. massive. Do you know? Yeah, and yeah. now we can say that with love, though I never well, will. I'm not love sure. Like, you, know, <laughs> she, you know, so we... Actually, do you know what we'll say about him from here? And I just say, Nigel, oh, bless. He has a terrible iron deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, bless and that him. can kind of like stand for a few things. <laughs> and we'll know from this room that we mean a whole lot of other things. It's a big euphemism for... <laughs> luckily... Toss or wanker, whatever we want. You know, yeah. Uh, we luckily, make Britain great again is famous for its red wine. Yeah. We're absolutely just drowning in our own... <laughs> Well made, made in England red wine, aren't we? Yeah. I want to know about Pauline and Valentine's Day. What's your worst ever Valentine's Day, Pauline? Do you know what? I am so old. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm glad someone else sounds like an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> the same Valentine's thing is, is kind of weird, isn't it? Because like, um, I'm all on for any day that we get an excuse to behave very badly. And I will you know, think that 
St. Valentine's Day is one of those, certainly. I never got Valentine's Day when I was a kid. Um, I know, oh, poor me. Um, but um, I, I just was saying when I arrived here earlier that um, it's kind of one of those weird ones, isn't it? Because as far as I'm aware, St. Valentine was um, one of those saints that was tortured horribly and beheaded. Um, I don't know what for. Not for love, I don't think. (laughs) So I don't know why it is that we have St. Valentine as, uh, you know, the the patron saint, if you like, of um, of love. I'd love to see what Richard Curtis did with that. Yeah, yeah. Dead, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But I hate all the commercialism that goes around, you know, Valentine's. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a day where you're like, I'm going to be nice to people, I'm going to express love. I mean, why not? We live in a very love-free world at the moment, I feel. But it's all the commercial stuff. The worst commercial shot I got was, like, um, last year, which was I got an a bespoke email message um, to Aisha as a really valued customer giving you 14% off, only 14% off, and it was pest control. It was for rats. <laughs> and I thought, this is the sum of my love life. Uh, it's such a random lately. kind of percentage. So yeah, it's 14, 14%. 14%. It's like, you tight bastards. Like, uh, you know. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. How I feel about Valentine's Day is like any day with a Y in it that lets you just go off and let off some steam. We love it, don't get that, we? Get that Salvador Dali moustache going. D- d- please, <laughs> always. And and the little um, the little red wine stain. Tea. Oh, yeah. Tea. Everyone's going to love you for that, surely. Yeah. Unless you're married to them. And that's <laughs> where we come into me and my husband. <laughs> yeah. Mick, uh, tell uh, me about Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean... My worst one's actually quite sad because my cat died and I loved him. Oh, yeah. Sorry to bring the mood down. There'll be more. There'll be more Pauline and Aisha in a moment. Though, so that's good. Yeah, it was generally good. And I wasn't wasn't seeing anyone at the time, and he was the little fairy love of my life. And it was it was. Was he your first cat? Did, no. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. I get. Well, we'd had cats when I was growing up, but Ross and Mark were my two that I got at the same time, and Ross got died. But Hannah did buy me flowers, and she did go. These aren't for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> it was lovely. It was a different kind of love. Yeah. Death mm. flowers. Death flowers. Yeah. 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 What about you, one? Hannah? I don't do Valentine's Day. I don't, I don't like romance at all. I find it quite... It makes me feel weird and uncomfortable. Um, I love what you're shifting in yeah, your body language. Just, just not to know it. that at all. I just... Yeah, I don't like it. But I do... Um, I have a birthday in November, right at the end of November, and um, that's so close to Valentine's Day. I've had a lot of terrible birthdays. I've had a lot of terrible birthdays. I, I'm sure I could crank an anecdote out about that because I don't know. Anyone else got a winter birthday? They're a bit yeah, shit. Oh, they're awful. Like everyone's thinking about Christmas, and everyone's really hard up, or everyone's ill. And uh, my birthday when I was about 23, I um. I was supposed to be going out and then I just had a series of phone calls from friends saying, oh, God, my bus hasn't turned up or I haven't got any money or my cash point's not paying out or the I've got woken excuse. up with a cold. And, oh, I don't like you. <laughs> and eventually it was just me. And I was like, oh, God, I might have to go into my parents just so someone cares about me. So I went to my parents and my mum wasn't even in. It was just me and my dad. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll go and have a bath at his house because we didn't have a bath where, where I lived. I only had a shower. And I got in it and he had a fern hanging in a hanging basket above it. And as I was in the bath, it snapped and it <laughs> fell down and it hit me on the head. And it didn't knock me unconscious, but it did, like, knock me, like, oh. stupid. And my dad had to come in and drag me <laughs> naked oh, no. out of the bath. And it was, like... I mean, it was horrible for him. It was horrible for me. And neither of us ever spoke a single word <laughs> about it ever again. Ever again. It was just, like, it was a thing. It happened. But then, of course, I had to get back in the bath because it was, like, full of mud. And yeah. it was... Yeah, it was awful. Oh, God. So, no, that was a shit bath. I, 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 I filmed it and put it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I'll tell you what I love about, um, like that you mentioned that you've got a winter birthday, whatever, and the older you get, I mean, it, it, you know, you just get a little bit more evil and a little more calculating, don't you? And I don't know a single person who hasn't, you know, checked back from when they were born to when they were conceived, particularly if they're in a bigger family. I have a friend who, um, he's a boy um, from Limerick. I I say boy, he's 60-something years old now. Um, But the last two of his family was him and his brother. And he, he went back the nine months and discovered that at that stage, his parents were having sex on their wedding anniversary and his mother's birthday. <laughs> Which I love. Um, but when it comes to, like, say, Christmas birthdays, and if you know anyone in Ireland who's born at Christmas, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh, I've that's done, my birthday. I've done, well, uh, I know, my, but that's, uh, I'm saying that people born at Christmas were, oh, my granddad's were, birthday. Were, oh, were made around Paddy's Day. Day. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, because there's an awful lot of no, it's drinking awful. and unfortunate things my, happen my, around there. <laughs> no, not at all. My birthday's on the 15th of December and I always have a terrible, I'm really shit at organising anything and I, and I think I'm scarred because one year, many, many years ago, um, my friends were like, yeah, we have to organise something for your birthday. And I was like, we really, really don't. And they were like, no, no, come on, come on, come on. We're going we're gonna to organise something. And they're like, be at this restaurant. And they said, will you invite a few people? And I was like, well, you know me. And they went, no, no, we'll do something. And I thought they were going to organise something, you know. And so I arrived at the restaurant, kind of like there was nobody. There, but the worst was I arrived at this tapas restaurant. There's a, there's a massive table with, like, party hats and balloons and they're like I'm like I'm here it's my birthday they're like yes 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 come and sit on this massive like banqueting table and I'm like oh, you guys like I can't believe this oh, and I'm sat there for about 45 minutes and no one has arrived and then at one point the waiter comes over and goes I'm really sorry this is like for somebody else your table's over there oh. and there's a table for like three people right by the door right so I go and sit over there and then my friends eventually arrive they're all late you know blah 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 my kind of two or three other friends and then at one point there's this like I'm sort of having feeling really shit about myself and then there's a huge you know happy birthday and this huge cake arrives and it just tries to save I'm like you guys and they're like it's not for you and it veers off to the big table and I was so scarred by that that I just think birthdays need to be cancelled yeah <laughs> agreed I'm like that about most celebrations. You know, it's like, and although having said that, I give the lie to myself because I do think that there's, we we must all have a reason if there's a why in the day to go out and go, hey! <laughs> but when it comes to yeah. those... And when you get older, no one... Nasty. And everyone's like, celebrate, you're just like, no, 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 no. no, no I don't no. celebrate having a full beard and like, you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, not, well, not I, in a Sharon Osbourne I, way I, either. Yeah. You know? <laughs> not in like a good way, not and in a good I way. <laughs> about that yes I have to pluck her out of that because oh, we're don't. all getting the moustache oh yes uh, God I mean, even, listen, I'm a woman of colour if I don't yeah. laser I'm going to look like Tom Selleck I am like Magnum I mean I am like full Magnum PI there you know what I mean dignity. in terms of there is no look beyond you like a carbon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we, we went know. to a thing the other day where we were supposed to put on fake moustaches and I was like I didn't just spend three hours no, getting no. rid of it <laughs> to stick another fucking thing Yeah, I really like Gemma disturbingly sexy in hers it was weird (laughs) something about a blonde moustache it's weird talk amongst yourselves Uh, (laughs) shall I ask a question (laughs) okay question three Uh, I would like to know what your best and worst habits are and I'm going to kick off with Aisha who is downing a pint of rosé worst (laughs) habit um... so what's my god so I think probably like my best habit is that I I don't know if this is a habit, but I just I just work really hard. Like I just um I think we've got a big, big, big sort of capacity for work and doing lots of different things. Why is that the worst thing? Then? No, I think that's the best thing. That's the best no, habit. That's sorry, the best God. habit. That's the best habit. <laughs> that is the, yeah, I thought that, that was like, the no, worst. No, no, it's it's like, well, it probably is the worst as well. That's the difference between me and her. That's yeah. worst yeah. Habit, yeah. Isn't it's it? My worst habit is I'm shamazing. Actually, I love that, David. When David Brent is doing, I think it's Keith's appraisal, he's like, what is your strength? And he goes, accountancy. He's like, Keith, you are an accountant. 
<laughs> and then he's like, what is your weakness? And he's like, eczema. <laughs> so um, my, what is my worst habit? I am such a procrastinator. I waste so much time. I, I, I can't... I can't do anything unless there's a kind of sort of, you know, stroke-inducing deadline right in, right in front of me. Uh-huh. And it brings me so much anxiety, but I can't seem to train myself off that sort of addiction to the kind of adrenaline of a, of a mm. deadline and the panic and everything like that. And it always kind of comes good in the end, but it's like, why do I put myself through that? It feels very, very harsh and unnecessary. And I waste so much time faffing around on social media as well, and I hate myself for it because it's mm. not only a time thief, it's like sticking your head in an open sewer it's like why do you why do you do it and that's I think that is my worst habit definitely I wonder though why people don't take procrastination more seriously as an Olympic sport (laughs) because I I join you on the procrastination totally I could be the first Scottish Indian person to win a lot of gold medals at uh, something basically everyone can do it (laughs) to the international level Uh, you know that I know you are speaking of my friend and can I just say I'd be in there at the Irish Ireland Certainly on the podium um, <laughs> with you. We could do a relay. We could be like a sort of t- We could be like a team. You'd be yes. thinking about the podium, surely, the not actually there. I could be in the slipstream of procrastination, or you in mine. Yeah. You know, as we go forward, you know, like the cycle races mm-hmm. and whatever. Oh yeah, and um, yeah. You see, we'd I faff think- around. We'd basically be doing this in the changing room for yeah. a long, long oh. time. Oh. They'd be like, uh, oh, Team yeah. Ireland, Scotland, are you coming out? Ready I know to we're go here ready on to Tuesday, go. but could be Thursday <laughs> before we start. Hannah, you know, which of us is going to tell them that they've missed the awards? What? <laughs> <laughs> damn it. But uh, honestly, it's, um, it is an art. Like, yeah. you know, if you're doing it properly. It's like, can I just say, now I never thought about, the, the, you know, the best and the worst things about being, <laughs> believe me, to be alive every day is to enjoy both the worst and the best things about me. Um, <laughs> if you're living with me. Um, but do you know, like uh, there are some things like that that are superpowers, I think, and procrastination is one of them. Now, it, what I was about to say to you is that the best and the worst thing about me is once I I stalked an editor uh, in a very gentle way. Um, he was uh, editing a sketch show that I was doing for the BBC. His name is Adam DeWolf. It's all right. He knows that I, I speak say, about do it. Do we need to have that? Labeled? He made a little. He made a little montage of the things that I said. I don't know. Just for plain villainy. And to make me laugh myself every day, every day, I sent him a postcard. No, I'd never met the man, but I knew, I, I knew he was, um, I knew he was editing the series. So I would post him a postcard every day. It's quite expensive these days now, you know. The price of a stamp has gone up, I could tell you. And a card. So I'd send him a card every day, going, "I'm loving your work." Or that sketch. You nailed it. Um, You know, and I said, I even sent him after the series ended. I sent him some from Australia because I'd gone to Australia. And I sent him some from Los Angeles every single day. And towards the end, just to ramp it up, I'd say, not sure about those curtains. (laughs) Or this tree is damn uncomfortable to be in. Oh my God. And he took it very well. I, 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 I have never met apart his wife. Apart from getting the restraining order. Uh, apart from the restraining order. All right. There was the court issue. But, uh, you know, like that will always happen, won't it? It's, do, you have to. De rigueur, you know. Sorry to keep flinging in European phrases into this British podcast, but there you go. But, oh, my word, the fun I had. And what I meant to say to you is, like the procrastination thing, procrastination is brilliant, but you really have to put your back into it. And the same goes for stalking. And that's, that's my only uh, advice to any potential stalkers out there amongst you. 
Just don't be half arsed about it. Go for it. Put a shift in. Yeah. Look at you want your gold medal. Don't yeah, tip, you want your gold medal. Um, listeners, audience, please don't stalk anyone. <laughs> we very much frown upon that. You are absolutely the kind of person who would steal a garden gnome and take it and send postcards from the gnome. Yes. <laughs> True. So what's your worst habit? <laughs> Oh, look, everything pales, doesn't it? (laughs) You know, everything pales into insignificance compared to your superpowers, which is stalking, procrastination. (laughs) My worst, I'd pick my nose, have a good old look at it. Yeah. On the tube. What do you do with it? And I might taste it as well. Oh, Oh, hello. If it's a good-looking, crunchy... Oh, you're going to have just a little go of it. Come oh, on. Also, come can on. I just say, you didn't object to stalking. <laughs> but you did object to the bogeys. <laughs> Check your moral compass, people. Yeah. yeah, thanking you for that, for that validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I, I don't think I have anything more to add to that. I mean, I don't believe that. Anyway, <laughs> Anna, what are your believe. best and worst habits? Um, you look terrified. Yeah. Uh, well, probably one of my worst habits is I'm a fiddler, as in I can't, which isn't great because we work with audio. So I'm always doing something, fiddling, picking up stuff, r- drumming my fingernails. Mickey, like, slaps my hand a lot. Well, just quietly, um, just remove yeah. things from I, 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 I rip move up that, bar mats that. in pubs, despite the fact that when I worked in pubs, I, the people who ripped up bar mats were like the bane of my existence. But yeah, I did still. When you were like younger and first going to pubs and you did that, because I used to do it, every time someone would go, sign of sexual frustration, that. Yeah. I'm 16, oh. mate, of course it is. <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't be in here ripping up your bar mats. <laughs> should be it's at home illegal a that I'm in here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am a, a massive procrastinator, which is why I went into the right job. I mean, I became a journalist. <laughs> so it was just like, where the fuck is it? That's how I function yeah. all the time. What are my good habits? Um, uh, Sorry. I buy, I buy people flowers on Valentine's Day when I feel like they need them. There that you go. That is true. That is true. It's I'm a lovely waiting habit. for mine still. That's <laughs> all I'd say. You got a tea towel. I did. I got a tea towel uh, tonight that is strangely black and white. So I'm going to have to get some crayons and <laughs> colour some things in. Yeah. And then yeah. never but wash I like it. it. Yeah. Never wash it. Like all tea towels. Yeah. Do you yeah. just get a new tea towel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not good for hygiene. <laughs> Jesus, we didn't go well on the the home lead, the homewares thing, did we? No, we no. ground to a halt on tea towels. No. Like none of us clearly kind of are in any way interested in. Yeah. in <laughs> well, fu- funnily enough, I, for, for about a year, I've been saying that I might get a cleaner um, because I have to spend a lot of time cleaning and I don't want to. Um, yeah. But I'm really struggling with it because you know. I came from a working class background and it seems intrinsically weird for me to have a cleaner. Mm. But now I'm thinking, if I got a cleaner, like, what would I do when I needed, you know, what would I do when I was procrastinating? Like, oh, you no find something like, else. You, find, you always find something else. Oh, God, yeah. We just, that's else. the point at which I go, yes. right, I will clean the bath. Yeah. yeah. Or no. suddenly you'd be like, I must, like, really sort my wardrobe out. I must yeah. sort, sort yeah. my pants drawer yeah. out or something. Yeah. Like, you'll find something to do. Yeah, yeah. procrastination, you have to remember that a lot of procrastination is just aspirational stuff like there is no way that if you said to yourself I clean my loo I'm put, I've been putting it off for too long you're never cleaning that loo no, no get yourself a cleaner because uh-huh. and pay them a nice a good wage and treat them well mm. and that's great um, because you will never no matter how much you're disappointed in yourself for not doing things in your life you're never going to clean that toilet no yeah. or that bath that's a to- it's too boring that's the problem you know yeah and that's why you must pay people well to do these horrible tasks for you yes. yeah <laughs> more wise words yeah <laughs> well funny you know, enough yeah my next question was going to be what is it's, it's my question isn't it yeah go for it my next question was going to be what's the best advice anybody's ever given you so Oh, Having just received advice from Paul. It's a big one. But I'll tell you what, and what is it, mine is actually quite a serious one because 
you know, I am an idiot and there's, <laughs> we're not going to have any discussion until I know I'd see them rising up. <laughs> no, no, you're no, not Where's the idiot. evidence? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, thanks for that, um, people of the universe. But, um, you know, I... I am a bit of an idiot. I mean, I had to explain to somebody today. I was working on um, a radio play out in North Acton, the brutal majesty of North Acton. And um, <laughs> they asked me something about, oh God, you know, were you ever spooked or something? But I had to explain to the producer. I said, no, 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 please let me really assure you that I am too shallow to be haunted, even. <laughs> and I had, a, I had proof of that story. I was once put into the most haunted, um, you know, hotel room in Devon. And uh, no, I had a great night's sleep. Did Jacob sleep. Rees-Mogg turn up? <laughs> I had a great night's sleep. Uh, no, God, I'm too shallow for that. You know, I'm too shallow for a lot of things. Um, but uh, the one thing I would say, though... Uh, <clears throat> about a few things it's that yeah, I might be an idiot but there are a few things you have to do in your life and and any advice I would give to a younger me or a younger anyone I didn't have to give it to a younger me because I was brought up believing it and I still do is vote always vote yeah. you know yeah. I mean I know we don't always get um, the result that you may have voted for yourself but you cannot go out complaining about anything if you haven't gone out and voted as well. And Major Mark, you must... And this is one of the few ways, I think, actually, that you can make your mark in life, truly, is as a citizen of anywhere, is is to vote. You have to. You have to. Hard agree. Hard agree. Aisha? Um, so some really practical advice, and I suppose this is kind of aspirational life advice. So practical advice, um, always zip up your back. That is just a really good bit of advice. Always watch your zip wine. Up your, yeah, watch your wine. Oh, oh my God, there's theft. There's theft going on. Can I report a crime, please? She's stolen your DNA. That's all I'm saying. Birmingham 6. Crime I was This not. is cultural appropriation. You're nicking the halal wine. Like, do you know how offensive this is? So the first thing, so, so always zip up your bag. And I think it's a very useful piece of advice because I've been in so many taxis and things where my bag's been opened and it's just every, everything's fallen out. So that's a very practical piece of very advice. Very good. Second piece of advice, never put hand cream on before opening a door. That is excellent. It is. <laughs> a lot of recognition. That's a very good piece of advice. Um, never date a man with two first names. That's just a random piece of advice <laughs> out there for you, but I swear to God, it's true. Do, you mean, do you mean like... To, like his first name is a first name like but Ian also... Martin no don't, oh, don't okay. to slander yeah. Ian Martin who's a very very nice man from Pope John Paul exactly That's three <laughs> names he was an absolute wrong one absolutely so, so there's kind of that so that's like, that's my sort of that's my kind of practical advice oh yeah back every, back up back everything up back yeah. as a journalist back yeah. everything up back. so they're my practical bits of advice yeah. and then my more aspirational kind of um, having worked in politics, and I totally um, take your... I think it's for particularly... And this is not just young women. I think it's women navigating the kind of power structures and things is um, really, really fight to have your voice heard because it is always so, so important. You know, I have been in so many meetings in my life at very senior levels of politics, but also when I've worked in sort of business where there's this incredible group think and it's by the sort of dominant group in in the room and it is so takes a lot of courage but you will never regret sort of speaking up and sort of making your voice heard because it's so important and the more you do that the more you kind of pave the way for yourself the next time but other women as well and I think that's the best advice I ever got because I worked for um, Harriet Hartman for, for a long time who's a very very prominent feminist and when I first arrived you know I think I was kind of quite meek and I was in with all these meetings at senior levels of government with all these boys that all looked the same and sounded the same and gone to the same university and kind of married the same woman and they were all like called <laughs> Bob Thomas Simon so if you're ever in Westminster and you get stuck for someone's name Bob Thomas Simon is the thing and I was always quite sort of meek because I was always the only woman in the room and she was like you've got to you've got to kind of speak up like if you've made it into the room and you've got a seat at the table you have 
to sort of make your even if it's ignored even if it's mansplained even if someone takes credit you know put a put a marker down and it's it's hard for me to do this i did this really interesting course um a couple of weeks ago it's about women negotiating and one of the best bits of advice that they gave was and this is not just what I think for a lot of us going in to negotiate for ourselves is very very difficult whether it's a promotion whether it's a pay rise all this stuff but one of the things most practical bit of advice was literally look in there and just practice saying the words out loud in terms of what you want in terms of and it's so simple but it's so so true and I think there is an art to developing that muscle and that confidence about finding your voice and sort of speaking out in whatever context, whether it's politics, whether it's business, whether it's entertainment, whether it's journalism, all the sort of stuff we do, don't be scared of, of having your voice. So that there endeth the lecture, ladies oh. and gentlemen. <laughs> could I just say a few things? You reminded me of a few things. Myself and a friend of mine, um, the, an actrine, uh, as well, we went on... The, um, <laughs> A, a tour one time and, and spoke a lot with one another on, on that. And I'm a keen knitter and she's a cross-stitcher. And we always wanted to have, you know, um, a, a business where we would um, either rent out or, or sell kits to people or the finished thing with good advice, you know, on them. Um, and one of them we wanted in cross-stitch was uh, for life, Never lick a steak knife. You know, <laughs> rather than, you know those horrible, love is never having to say you're sorry. No, not one of those. Another one was, um, you know, always tuck in the shower curtain. Because yes. 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 Very, 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 really good. important yeah, great. Uh, really advice. And the other one, which is stolen from the, uh, some other people, I don't know, somewhere is, always look after number one, but never step on number two. <laughs> <laughs> and I quite like that as well. So there's good. three beautiful cross-stitch kits yeah. uh, that, uh, that nice. you could have, yeah. I was once in the um, House of Parliament, <laughs> and, you know, under nefarious and circumstances. I say hey, nefarious because it was, it was a cousin <laughs> who invited me in and he was doing some sort of reading of Irishy. I don't know something kind of Celtic bollock stuff um, <laughs> for some sort of oh it's Irish week this again. sounds like it was like in Ireland's defence well, <laughs> yeah your honour um, I was there your honour because um, but we do, you know got through all the security and whatever into, into the house amazing scene what me with my background um, and all that. but um, we were talking you know Miles Nagopoline Flan O'Brien or whatever in one room and next door I discovered in another room because once you get into Westminster you can wander at will. Nobody knows what you're doing in there. You honestly could be anywhere. I see some ladies in the audience going yeah they know what I'm talking about. So you just once you're in it, it's the world is your Urster. Um, so we were in there and I discovered that there was a vote on a defence bill going on next door. Oh, I was sorely tempted to go in <laughs> and vote on it. And I don't think they'd have noticed. I swear to God, it was just people just holding their hands up. It's the biggest regret of my life. <laughs> I never went in and did some mischief. You know? To be honest, though, most MPs, you get to a certain point in the night when most MPs have drunk so much, they have no idea what they're voting for. They're literally just herded in there. So you could have joined them and, you know, you probably had more sense of what you were voting for than they did. Do you know, I'd have had principles. Uh, oh, hello. Oh. Yeah. Throw her out <laughs> immediately. Oh, what great days. Great days. <laughs> um, we've got to wrap it up. Um, I know, I know, it's absolutely flown by. <laughs> I don't think we'd ever stop, <laughs> um, so I have to stop it. But before we go, is there anything that you excellent women would like to plug, Pauline? No. You felt it. I want to plug live. No, no, I don't. I don't. Um, plug actually, stalking. No. Yeah, yeah do you know? no, 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 don't plug stalking. That was a, a just public suppose, information announcement. Please disregard yeah, the last statement. I'm going to plug one thing, and it is you've reminded me of it. I'm plugging excellence. If you're going to go for it, whatever is you know your bag stalking. <laughs> 
Procrastination. Watch it, procrastination. Just be excellent at it. <laughs> Just like, don't be half arsed. That's all. We're not here for a long time. We're here for an time? excellently accurate time. <laughs> you know, people sometimes, um, people sometimes ask me. <laughs> I sounded so, you know, uh, you know, lady like that. People sometimes ask me. Um, no, at this age of my life, you know, like I'm, t- I'm headed towards hopefully a pension of some sort. Um, but, you know, every day is a bonus. I wake up alive. I thought, oh, here we go. But um, there is so little time left that I don't want to waste any of it by living a good and a clean life. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. I want to be kicked and screaming, uh, dragged, kicked and screaming into the darkness or whatever happens. Um, I'm not keen on dying at all. And I'd like to go disgracefully. So any advice I have is, yeah, follow it up to the nth degree. Do not... Do not go into that dark night thinking... This is the least conventional plug we've ever had. (laughs) I'm saying do not go into that dark night thinking, I should have gone further from the tree about those curtains and said, your wife has shit taste in furnishings as I was stalking them. Aisha, is there a concept you'd like to Maybe a Maybe a show? Well, I'm going to do a big philosophy. No, um, I just have two things to plug, which is if you want to read my columns, I write for the Evening Standard every Wednesday. I have a column and I wrote a book about politics. There's not many women that write books about politics. I wrote a book about the um, history of Prime Minister's questions called Punch and Judy Politics. So there are my two wee plugs. Awesome. <laughs> Hannah? Um, well, I feel like Pauline's up the game a bit. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to unconventionally plug Standard Issue. Thank you for being a cracking audience. My <laughs> eyes hurt from, like, crying laughing. I hope you've had as much fun as we have. Please join me in thanking our brilliant guests, Pauline McLean, Aisha Dorinka, and Hannah and Mickey. Standard issue for all women.